Welcome to Call That Girl's Office 365 Show. Keep up with Lisa's day-to-day problems and solutions she encounters with Outlook, third-party apps, and Office 365. The learning never ends, folks. Learn from Lisa. You're listening to Call That Girl's Office 365 Show. I'm Lisa Hendrickson, your hostess, and this is show number 40. Just a reminder, you can find my shows and notes at callthatgirl.biz slash office365 or directly at callthatgirl.podbean.com. And this week, there will be lots of links to go check out, gang, so make sure you check it out. The links will be on both pages. And you can also subscribe to my YouTube channel. Go to youtube.com slash callthatgirl. For those that are new to the show, this is a show about Microsoft Office 365, Outlook, Exchange Migrations, and any other technically entertaining stories I can share from my past week or so. And just remember, if you need help learning Office or want to hire me or hand over a client because you don't want to help them, I am available for hire uh, by the hour project, and I do offer a tech discount, or I can pay you a commission and um, let you get a little deal there if you don't want to do the work. You can reach me at lisa at callthatgirl.biz. And before we get the show rolling, I'd like to thank my sponsor, uh, AppRiver, email and web security specialists. And AppRiver also offers phenomenal Office 365 sales and support. They've been my preferred vendor for all of my clients for two years now, and I'm thrilled to have them as a sponsor. If you have listened to my past shows, you've heard me speak about them. And if you'd like to set up a time to talk to my rep, Steve Harris, you can email him at sharris at appriver.com, and he'll be glad to help you get set up and learn all their their uh, partner programs, their referral plans, their portals, and all that fun stuff. And I got to tell you that once I started working in the portal there, it got real easy for me to whip out those sales. I love it. All right, like I said a few minutes ago here, gang, there's a lot of updates since my last show, and I got to just thank the fans who have been delivering well, the friends of the show, I'd, I'd rather say. <laughs> but you guys, I can tell you're listening, and, and the nice thing is that when I tell people my stories, I try to say things that encourage you to write in and share your information. So this week, delivered. There, uh, With all the updates going on out there and the crazy Outlook 2016 problems in office, I got a lot of email from people saying, hey, did you know about this? Did you know about that? And I'm like, No. I don't know everything because I don't know everything. My job is to, you know, take calls in from clients and do my best. And, you know, if I can't figure stuff out, sometimes I don't have time to search the entire internet for every single thing I'm having a problem with that I don't know personally. So you guys sending in the links is going to be great. And I'm going to share all that stuff this week and it'll be in the notes, the little tools. And then if you use them, feel free to send me feedback. I will talk about it on the show. Um, I know one of the things that is actually getting a lot of traction right now is uh, there's two things, actually. There's some fixes for this Office 2016 bug, and Microsoft actually had a, um, excuse me, it's called Sarah, S-A-R-A. It's one of their, like, built-in tools, but um, I haven't really ever needed it. But uh, a client showed it to me, I don't know, a few months ago, and um, it didn't, you know, since I don't use a lot of tools to fix things, by the way. I don't like using tools to fix things because I'd rather have the software work out as it was supposed to. So if you have to use a tool to fix something, in my opinion, 
it seems like, well, what if that breaks and you have to use another tool? So I'd rather just reinstall it and get it done and not have the bugs. You know, that's why my last show, I said downgrade to Outlook 2013 because that's, you know, reliable. 16 is not. But anyway, um, one of my clients did find this, and the tool is called Sarah. It's a self, I don't know, support and recovery assistant. I believe that's what it means. So if you maybe bought the standalone, that's a, a good way to look at it. If you bought the standalone and are having problems, there's the Sarah assistant that should help with the bugs. There's also um, diagnostics.office.com slash hashtag slash that's a link I checked out that looks decent. There's another one called Config365, but that has not been tested at all. And these aren't things I've been testing by any means. These are things people are sharing with me. Okay. So these are what people have emailed in and said, this works, this works, this works. Okay. I uh, will have them on the links, but I will put a disclaimer, not tested by me. <laughs> but hey, if you're in a pinch and you need help, you know, other people have said this, you know, sent this out to me. Um, and just to, just to make sure everybody is clear on this, that, you know, with all my shows, if you, this is the first show you've listened to, you know, I promote myself as an expert, but yet I get things that baffle me all the time. I don't know it all. And of course I have to go to Google as well to find things like you do. And that's one of the things I'm going to talk about later, by the way, is a Google client I called in. And we're going to discuss that because we all handle the Google clients. But, um, you know, the thing is, is when you're out there looking for answers, I know how to Google to get to what I want because I'm a professional Googler, in my opinion. You know, for tech stuff, I do. I uh, look up errors all the time because there's so many, and I have to look up the different versions of Office and the different operating systems. And that's kind of how I think us as technicians Maybe Google better than the next guy. Well, not our, you know, not us in our own field, but you know, when we have to deal with that, and so clicking on links can be scary, and and you don't know where it's taking you sometimes. And again, it's up to us to know what's reputable, what's not. And uh, so, like I said, these links I've clicked on them; they're safe, but uh, I don't know if they're going to fix the problems you have. So, okay, so let's go back to the last show. <laughs> I'll start there. So the last show I had um, the big migration end, and I had all the Windows update problems, and then things just kind of started to calm down for me at the last week of February. And uh, for some reason, I had no calls about Windows updates or broken Outlook. It was just nuts. It was like it's like the whole universe totally flipped for me. All of a sudden, I started getting calls I love, and I started getting these huge um, what uh, the calls I love are like. Um, People with like a 66 gig corrupted PST file that needs to be repairing. That to me is the joy of my day is getting big calls like that. Not only because it's a big ticket call, but that's when I get to really fine tune my, my skills because those are pretty intense. They're usually four hour jobs and uh, I got four calls for it like the week after everything started to slow down. So to me it was like glory week. I was like, yeah, I finally get jobs I love. I don't know if that's a pattern, but I'm like, I, I don't wish upon people to have a PST that goes corrupted, but it's the work I love doing. So anyway, then um, after the last show, the updates were done and uh, the migration was over and then these calls started coming in and things just started to balance in my life for me. And um, let's just put it this way. I am not going to see February 
well, I mean to put it that way, I'm not going to be sad to see February go away. It was not my favorite month by far. My sales were, you know, better than last year's February, but I'm just happy it's over because it was just kind of a, you know, I hate those short months. I don't know if anybody else feels that way, but to me, it was just like the day March 1st came, which by the way, today is March 3rd, but the, when March 1st happened, I just felt like a rainbow came out and the, the, the clouds separated and the sun came down and it just felt so awesome. Because now I don't have those problems in my life. I'm not going to deal with the software. I'm not going to deal with a lot of things. And uh, I just feel like clean-headed. But um, anyway, so now that this month has been starting up, I'm starting to get the calls I like again. I got another big migration coming up. Um, I think it's going to be a 15 mailbox. Should be good. I got another 15 mailbox on the way. And um, I got a mailbox request for 200 users, which... I pretty much don't even think I'm going to hear back from them because the owner of the company didn't call me. I was like his friend called me. And I actually think it might have been a jokester calling me because it just seemed weird. Like why would a friend of a 200-person uh, company call me? But, you know, I did my, you know, my first round interview with the guy and said, you know, I have to get back to you. I've never done 200 mailboxes. I've done 80. And, you know, I was like – but, I mean, 200 mailboxes? Do you know how expensive that's going to be? That's a lot. And that's really outside my scope. So I really don't know if I'd be even taking a 200 mailbox job, but eh, you never know. All right. Well, let's get back to my notes here. So um, let's see. Uh, the updates. Um, so the, oh, back to the two parts again. So the Office 2016 has fixes. And then the second thing is apparently – there's a pop email issue with 2016 that actually has uh, a link to fix that as well. And I will have that for the show notes. Um, I haven't got any calls on it, though. But I'm just sharing the news of another, another 2016 drama happening for folks. And, of course, my favorite common, um, common problem out there is Outlook cannot log on. My blog is killing it right now. Over 1,200 link or excuse me clicks a month now. 1,200 for that one uh, error. So it's definitely hot, and a lot of people are getting it. And I'm trying to keep it updated, and I will put that link in the show notes as well, so you can try to keep updated if you need it. Okay, well that's kind of it on those two. Um, let's see. We'll talk about again. I just want to put a little shout out to a fun little Facebook group I'm in. I'll put that in the show notes. Um, it's called the IT Business Owner Group, I believe. And uh, yeah, it's got 150 members. It's pretty good banter in there, uh, chat. Nothing like, um, you know, forms. It's just basically day-to-day -day chat about tech stuff. So if you've got a Facebook account and can prove that you're in the IT business or own one, go ahead and join that group. Okay. Now, let's jump into the, the junk work. The junkity junk I, I love talking about, not junk work, sorry, the work. So today I took a call for a client that uh, is kind of standard, and it's about Outlook 2010. And it, what's funny is the more you work with one product, the more you kind of get to know it like an old shoe. Um, you know, as soon as I, I, I remoted in, I started this new process of things I'm going to start doing, which um, it, it kind <laughs> of... Unfortunately, excuse me, it didn't go like how I'd hoped it would 
because there was just uh, a lot of stuff this fella had going on. But um, I'm going to start doing this uh, recording of each, um, excuse me, each call I do. And it's kind of like, like a surgeon or a doctor at the end of your doctor visit, him talking, her, him or her talking into their little recorder about their notes. And uh, so I was thinking about making this template, but this guy just happened to have like 20 issues. So the thing is, is that when I remote into a computer, I don't really know what's going on. So, you know, I, I did my usual check. I do my little spot check. I called, I look at the operating system, the outlook, the accounts, look at the size of stuff just to kind of gauge what I'm going to be dealing with. And, um, you know, he kept giving me weird things that like this, this won't stay. That doesn't work. Hyperlinks don't work. And to me, after he said about five or six problems, I closed outlook and this is 2010. Remember? And I launched it up again and it said it's not activated. Now this is happening more and more. And I know the guy bought the license because as soon as he uh, saw that, he goes, look, here's my license. So what's happening is, is I've seen this a lot with 2010. It becomes unactivated through whatever, some update probably, and you have to activate it again. And once you activate it, then the things in Outlook that were snagging and not working it will start working again. So before I did the activation with him, I helped him with uh, a few folder. Uh, we had to restructure some of his folders and move some stuff and then we finally got to where I was dealing with these little snaggy issues. And I said, look, we just got to try to activate this. And when we did activate it, it um, actually made us reinstall it, which ugh, really kind of bothers me because I don't like reinstalling software, but it did this kind of like short install, you know, like a quick little zip zing. And then it was done. It wasn't like a full install of the software that closed outlook. And all of a sudden, Almost everything on the list was fixed. No kidding. So to me, you know, if I think that might be part of my new processes with 2010 is close it, reopen it, make sure it's activated. And it's not to save myself time, but oh man, if, if I couldn't even imagine trying to troubleshoot that without that little quick tip there. And again, how would I have known? But I do remember, you know, helping a client about a month ago that had a similar issue. And once we activated it, it just worked better. So just keep that in mind. It's a good thing to check when you take on a ticket with uh, any software programs. Just make sure it's activated or licensed or, you know, using the, the paid version, not the free, things like that. And so anyway, at the end, uh, we got it all working. It was almost a one-hour call to be exact, and I think we hit upon 12 or 15 issues in that hour. So it was pretty intense. <laughs> and, and uh you know, I just kind of felt bad because I was like, man, if I have to reinstall and this is going to be another hour, I was just kind of worried because, you know, the client really thinks it's a one hour call when they book it with me. And I, I hate it when it goes past the expectations, but you can never tell. Okay. And then, um, I found, let's see, where we go. I'm sorry with my notes here. Okay. So I took another job this week that I thought was pretty cool. So for those of you guys that are out uh, marketing for Office 365 and migration work, some of the work that I've been doing for a long time now is what I call aftercare. Uh, the client, th this client I'm talking about happened to get a migration done with Rackspace and that's fine, but Rackspace didn't do any of the aftercare work. They pretty much just moved the email and poof, they're done. And there's other companies we know that, you know, 
sometimes just do just the migration and set up the mill and that's it. So his outlook was kind of like stuck in old, you know, pre-exchange mode. And he really needed it to function the way it did. So I scheduled him for an hour. And within the hour, I had absolutely everything perfect for him. It was a one-hour billable call. And it was kind of like I did a migration, but without the migration part and without the hassle. And the nice thing was, is after I helped him, then he referred me to his uh, co-worker on the same domain who had the same problem. But unfortunately, she had a bunch of snags with iCloud and other things. So I had to spend two hours with her. But it was still a fair, bo- a fair bill rate because, um, you know, my migrations are... $350 for the first person, $250 for the additional. So, you know, if they would have gone through me, it would have been $600, but it would have been done, you know, in a time frame without problems. Let's put it that way. All right. So that was nice to get the referral afterwards. <laughs> I think they're maybe testing me. Like, if she does well with mine, we'll do yours. Um, and then I took, you know, here's what's funny when you're in our business is people call in or email us with requests and, you know, sometimes they just send you brief, you know, couple paragraphs or couple sentences of what's going on. And this particular client, I could tell that they were kind of top-notch people because you can just tell when, you know, they've done their homework, they've brought in other companies, and at that time they're like, we need a, another person. And it makes me a little nervous because at that point I'm like, oh, my God, what if I say – all right, it's going to be an hour, and I spend the hour looking like a fool. Like, I don't know what I'm doing, you know. But every time I've done this, I have to, you know, uh, pat myself on the back to know that I have done uh, – I do know the program very well, and I do know the limitations, and I do know a lot of the the server expectations and, and things the server policies will allow. They only had three problems, and I knew I could fix them or tell them what the restriction was and how to go about that. So um, it turns out they were using a public, let's see, they had exchange. They were using a public mailbox for sharing the bulk of their email for the company to know they were dumping email from their own mailboxes to the public and it was getting really, really, really strainful, I think, on, on the exchange because things weren't working. And I said, well, your view is messed up for one thing because uh, you're in a public view. And so an Outlook, if you open up your Outlook, I'll just talk you through it here. At the bottom of your Outlook, if you have it set up, is your little mail envelope, your calendar, your notes, your people, tasks. Then there's the word folders. So if you click on folders... That actually takes you to kind of like the, what I would call the bare bones of Outlook. You get to see everything, you know, and you can expand it and see all of the public folders and all the things that are going on on the server end. And that's where the public calendaring is, the public contacts. And what what the clients did was nothing wrong. It just wasn't functioning with how they wanted it to work. So I talked to them. And the three problems that they had, the other two, I actually were like, yep, here's what's going on there, and that's the problem. And the other one, I said, well, actually, that problem is connected to your public sharing of the mailbox. So I said, why don't we move those folders over to the actual shared mailbox? Now, remember, a lot of companies these days, 
let's say there's five people on a domain and there's five mailboxes. Well, people really want that shared mailbox, the sixth one, so they can share calendars, contacts, and other things. And the biggest reason is because they want to see it on mobile devices. We're talking iPhones, iPads, whatever, because iPhones and iPads don't allow public calendar view. Uh, at least as far as I know, they do not. And so if people are wanting to share a calendar, but they don't even have Outlook on their computer, it's very hard to, to see that. Um, you can in Outlook, but you can't on the, the devices. So they actually did what they should have is created that extra mailbox, but the, they were putting all the shared stuff in the public, not the regular shared mailbox. So I said, uh, here's how you do it. Move all those folders over and then stop viewing it in public view. And then all these other things that you're having problems with is going to go away. And it worked. So I felt really happy <laughs> that I was kind of nervous about taking on the client. And they're great to work with. And, and at that point, I was like, man, I better be on my game here. And I did a great job. And it just really makes me feel good when I am hired for that kind of reason. And I did a good job. And I actually had to give uh, Robin an Excel job out of that because there were some contacts issues that he had to fix. So remember... If you need any Excel contacts help to call Rob Berger at Soho Tech, because he's a little whiz-bang with that stuff. And uh, I do use him for work on the side because I don't want to do it. <laughs> and I'm not going to learn it. Okay, let's see. What else did I have this week? Um, I got all those migration requests coming in. That was awesome. Let me look at my notes here. I got something else. Um... I had this client that I'm going to call the Google client. And I'm going to say this in a really nice tone because the, the guy didn't do anything wrong, like nothing wrong. He does what the average person is doing now. We have so many resources available to us for finding information that uh, here's what it comes down to is, okay, so let's say my fridge is making noises and it's a brand new fridge. So, of course, what do I do? Instead of calling Frigidaire or whatever and tell them, I go and Google it. There's a clunky noise coming from my refrigerator. You know, and of course I find five pages of people talking about this clunky Frigidaire noise and there's YouTube on it and there's how to fix things and the internet is so content driven on how to do things yourself that I actually, <laughs> I mean, I didn't even know what it was. My fridge was doing this. I said, I'm just going to call the warranty, call the company and get the warranty guys to come out, which... There was nothing wrong, of course. But the point is, is that the, the clients nowadays, they get errors. They go to Google and they Google the error. Okay, so the client sent me, um, I think he had two errors. Okay, he had two errors and he sent me them. Um, but they're, they're kind of like standard, you know, errors with Outlook. So it's really hard to know without knowing anything more about it. Oh, sorry, you guys, my phone is ringing again. Um, it's hard to, for me to go and know what he's Google, what the error is without seeing his system and knowing more. Okay, so uh, I remote in, and I look at his computer, and I already see the two errors, which, you know, they came up right away. Now, to me, if they're common, I Google differently than a client does, right? I'm sure you do, too, because we Google error plus the extras, so we can fine-tune our results to get more detail-oriented and more recent, better to even say, Recent errors, you know, I don't want to go find something from 2009. So, uh, anyway, the, uh, sorry, 
see as I keep doing this. Um, and sorry guys. Um, okay. Uh, I, I don't know where to put my phone here. Okay. So, um, there we go. So what was I saying? So anyway, he wouldn't Google these errors. Now the problem is, is that he showed me how he Googled. Now I don't like teaching people my Google, you know, tricks, but he Googled and found an error from 2009 and in Google and said, here's what it says. And I said, yeah, but that doesn't, that doesn't mean it's really accurate anymore. And plus it was the top of the search and, and it didn't have any detail and it wasn't on a Microsoft site and it wasn't, you know, it was just kind of a, just a general tech form that just had, you know, the random people. And, and I told him, I said, look, you know, when you Google errors, you kind of have to be a little more, you know, fine tuned with what you're Googling to make sure you get the right answers. Because for the most of the call, he kept saying, well, this is what Google said. And this is what that said. And I said, really? <laughs> um, I hate to say it this way. And I was trying to be nice, but I'm like, you're paying me to fix this. And I don't Google every error sometimes because I know actually how to fix things without the errors, you know. But the errors are helpful and we all have to Google error codes and we all have to Google stuff because we don't know every single thing. But I just kind of like was feeling like I was, I was fighting with Google. And uh, so anyway, I did show him. So I finally got two of the errors to show what was going on. And it turns out that uh, it was a network solutions issue. And I had, to, I had to figure it out based upon the other things he was telling me. See, is Google... You know, uh, the Google answers don't always have the information I need. So I found out that he had a, uh, and this is also through me, I had him go log into the, the webmail, and we found problems on his webmail that wasn't matching an outlook and with this error. And then I Googled differently, and I showed him. I said, here's how I Google this error. I put in the first six words, plus Outlook 2013. Now that is helpful to get the error plus the the recent outlook and my results showed different than his and mine came up with like the first three answers was you have a problem on network solutions. It was, it was actually, um, I forgot what the actual error was. It said something like you need to contact your administrator. And of course, when I looked and other people were posting, they all said network solutions. There's a snag on the, in the mailbox. So, I mean, it's, it was a one-hour call either way, so it doesn't matter. I mean, that's what my minimum is, so I was helping them the best I could. But we were kind of going back and forth and battling these errors on Google. So uh, then all of a sudden, a third error popped up. And this is what I hate is he goes, I've never seen that error before. And I'm like, well, I didn't bring the error. And I'm feeling like, oh, my God, did I cause the error? <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that I don't try to make things worse for clients, you know? I mean... And you guys have all had those clients that call you back a few days later. Well, since I helped you, you know, but this actually happened while I was helping him. So I was like, oh, my God, I don't know, but I didn't cause that. But luckily, the error was related to the network solutions problem. It was just another uh, send-receive error. So anyway, I closed the call, and here's what I said. It was a 50-minute mark, and I said, look, you need to go do this. And I actually fixed the first error, so that was good. And I said, and if you talk to them, I bet you anything, they will figure what's up, what's going on. But I said, you have 10 minutes left on this ticket. So if you still need my help, well, I'll give you the 10 minutes, but then I got to continue billing you. And he was like, that's fine. 
and he called Network Solutions, and lo and behold, they re, uh, refreshed his IMAP, and voila, it was gone. So it was a challenging call, and it wasn't challenging with him. I mean, he wasn't a bad client or anything. I just kind of feel that it's difficult sometimes when you do talk to somebody that's trying to force, you know, Google down your throat with, like, this is what it says, that you have to be like, well, look, you're hiring me, so you don't have to Google anymore. <laughs> Let me Google for you if I need to. And, and I say that if I need to because sometimes I don't need to. And that was uh, a little challenging, but I got through it. And I think I learned that a few times in my, in my troubleshooting days is the, when the clients, you know, they're, they're forceful about that. Things they found, who they talked to. My friend says my cousin's brother is an IT you know, salesman at IBM. And all these people have all this recommendations and stuff. And it's kind of like, you know, look, you're calling me for a reason. You're out of answers. You're, you're out of answers that don't work. So now let me go figure it out, and that's my J-O-B, right? Okay. Now let's see. Um, blah, 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 blah. Next story. All right. So let's see. I had another password job. I call it password job because that's all we did was reset passwords. You know, and, and it's funny. You can tell people, please have all your passwords ready before an appointment, and, and people just don't know to even how to start to go get passwords these days. We have this problem with uh, Windows 10 especially, which now they changed it to a PIN. I don't have Windows 10 really working too much on my laptop, but a PIN, which is nice. It's four numbers, okay? Most people pick their birth year, right, or their house number or something, right? Okay, then you get the Windows 8 where you log in with a Microsoft account, which could actually be... Any email account, but that's another password to remember, right? And then you have your Microsoft Store account or your Office 365 subscription account. And if you have an email uh, exchange, you got that password to deal with. And then you also have your email server for all the other four or five email accounts with your Gmail, Outlook.com, and etc. So I deal with passwords all the time, and I think... You know, <laughs> the problem I have the most is, is people don't remember the emails they logged into with what accounts. And so I literally spent, I think, 45 minutes with the client just trying to get into accounts. And, and the thing is, if he wouldn't have, um, he never would have known how to check those passwords without me clicking on the right links. Because I know where all the links are for the Microsoft Store and the Exchange and the Office 365. And finally, after... Uh, doing a bunch of different attempts, I realized, oh, I didn't help him set up his original exchange. So his tech guy had moved him to Office 365. I was helping with like some takeover because his guy's leaving the business. So we finally tried outlook.office365.com, and there it was. I was like, thank God. And this was all just for me to go install software. 45 minutes. And I'm like, man, I don't even know how... I mean, I don't even know how that would even a normal person without help could have figured that out. And he never would have known, you know, I always tell my clients how to get to the portal uh, as part of like the aftercare. Here's how you go log into the portal in case you need to. But man, I just, it was so frustrating and I felt bad for the client because he didn't know and his tech never gave him any info. <sighs> it was almost frustrating. It was frustrating. 
Okay, I think I have to finish telling you guys about that 66 gig job. Uh, I never did finish telling you guys that. So that luckily never needed to do a repair, which if you ever have to do a repair on a 66, 66 gig PST file, it can take days because you got to repair it, you got to extract it, then you have to go in and part it out because there's no way a 66 gig PST can even be alive, literally be functional in Outlook um, no matter what. So that job, actually, I got lucky. Um, I didn't have to uh, repair it. I had to piecemeal it, though, and take it apart. And I started on the Friday night. I talked about it on the show. On Sunday, I had it parted down to, I think, five PST files. And then I fine-tuned the guy's outlook. And I worked on it from Friday night to Sunday night. And Monday, we had a little aftercare. Four hours billable. Okay. That's about how long, with all those, the whole weekend, I was in his computer, literally about four hours doing stuff. And then on Monday, I was telling you earlier, I got the 34 gig job. Now this one is, this one kind of went crazy. Okay. So the client sent me an email saying, look, I've already, uh, I cannot open it. I cannot do this. I've already had people work on it. I've already tried the stellar PST repair. I, 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 I've done all this stuff. And I said, okay, so now I'm coming in with people who have already attempted to fix this. So what I did was I know how to use the Stellar PST repair tools. Uh, all right, sorry, folks, if it seems a little piecemeal there. Uh, Mitch and I lost internet connection. So well, anyway, so if you're going to do a PST repair, I always make a copy and put that in a folder called copy so I know when I'm doing stuff. And then I started to run the um, Stellar PST and remember that you have to have Outlook closed. That's the biggest thing. A lot of people try running it when it's open and it'll never finish because even with Outlook open, it still is trying to talk to that profile. But anyway, I always close Outlook. Then you make the repair on the copied, okay? Now, something odd happened. I don't know what magic happened, but the client called me. Um, he, we had to do the repair over the, a couple days, I think it was. And when he calls me and he says, look, you know what, by accident, I uh, opened up Outlook and everything. No, oh, sorry. That was a wrong story. Well, it's the right story. I got to scale back here a little bit. So after the repair, sorry, I did get it open. But in the repair, it comes in with a lot of files called uh, uh, lost and found, recovered. And it's all just a bunch of junk. So, So let's just go back to make sure I'm telling the story right here. So in the copy of the folders, I ran the PST repair. Once the client, and I got the repair open, it has all this junk. And I told him, look, you only really need like 50 of these folders. And there's probably another hundred of just clutter. So he, you know, I said, look, you can pay me to do it. I'll extract all the good stuff out, but it's going to, you know, take a couple hours. Like I helped the guy the weekend before. And he was like, no, I'll go through it. It'll help me figure out what I want. So at that point, his email is open in Outlook. Now, here's what happened. So whenever I go into Outlook profiles, I make a test one to open up the Stellar PST repaired file. But I forgot to check the box, always open that one. So after he had done some moving of files, he said he almost thought about calling me to hire me because he was sick of it. He closed Outlook, and he reopened it and opened up the old outlook that was broken from before he called me. And he said, he literally called me, I think giddy and said, look, I don't know what happened, 
but I opened up the one that's been broken for all this time and we couldn't get open. And I said, okay. I said, well, now is the time to get that data out of there. So me and him, we, uh, I extracted a, a good PST copy. Now, if you do a full extraction, you can get a copy of that. And I called it the good email backup, the date. That's how I always name stuff. And uh, that took a good, almost, I think a good day, but it turned out that it wasn't a 34 gig file. It was a 38 gig in the end, which is really strange that it pulled in more data, which is probably more corruption. But so anyway, then we got the good PST backup and I went into another test profile and that's when the parting of the data happens. I go through and I, I take out the deleted if the client wants it, which they almost always do. I do the sent items and then I do big, large folders. Almost every client one or two big folders that have like 10 gigs in it. That's just because it's their work folder of all their work. And that's what happened to him. So I made the three big PSTs and I pulled them out. So they were all in their own PST files. And then I had to do one more full backup, even with all of it in there. And then I could extract out just uh, the folders themselves. He had like 50 folders. So it's very challenging to go into Outlook with all these folders and just take them out one by one, which that would have taken me an hour or two because some of them have data in it. That's huge. So that's how I did it. And I ended up billing him, I think, two and a half hours uh, just because he helped with a lot of the repairs. And it wasn't a cost thing for so much, but uh, he just wanted it really done right. And I was like, you help, it'll be less. And so him and I worked on that together. And it turned out to be, I would say, a phenomenal job. Uh, now he's got good PST files set for growth. And I said, yeah, now you just probably need to upgrade your outlook and I think you'll be okay. <laughs> you know, a lot of people in this 2010, it just cannot hold big PST anymore. It just cannot. And the OST sizes, especially. So you got to be careful. And, um, I said, you know what, if you're ready to upgrade, we will. And, um, that's what I recommend. And then I got the third PST repair, but that fella didn't want to pay the money, I don't think. And that's okay. But, you know, it, uh, if people want to keep trying it themselves and give up, it might just make that worse. And then uh, I told you guys in the past how I've been having problems trying to readjust my policies for my one-hour minimum. I finally had a client that uh, I've been struggling with. She's a great client, absolutely great, but... She only had like a 10-minute fix. And I said, because I'm following the policies, it's one hour no matter what, or you could buy prepay, then that'll only cost you like 32 bucks. And she calls in enough, you know, but a lot of people don't feel that they want to fork out $500, which I get, but I'm trying to follow the rules of the business. So that's the policy. And she emailed me like three or four times in a month's period um, saying she's having problems with GoDaddy and this interesting error that people get with GoDaddy for some reason. It's their old hosted exchange, by the way. It's uh, They get a limit of four – geez, I just blogged about it too. But anyway, um, if you're on old hosted exchange and you're trying to add devices for exchange, you can only put four or five – I think it's four on the for the phone options in the server. Otherwise, you get an error. So let's say you got an iPad, you got an iPhone, you got an Android, a computer, and uh, I don't know, a couple of whatever else. 
it'll give you the error and she couldn't fix it. And I said, well, I've fixed this before. I know how to do it, but it's going to take me maybe 10 minutes. And literally it should only take me, you know, five, but I don't know. I mean, I don't know what I'm dealing with when I get in there. So I got her to, to book the appointment and, um, yep. It took me 10 minutes, took me 10 minutes. I fixed it and I hated to say that, but you know, if you think of the four emails it took for me to book the appointment for me to remote in, fix it, you know, that's still a half hour worth of my time. And, uh, then, you know, she was like, well, so I have you for an hour. I'm like, yeah, I booked it for an hour. Do you want to talk about something else? So I was looking at her computer and she's like, well, how about if you look to see if you see any problems? And I was like, all right, bingo. You're not backing up, are you? <laughs> so we spent the, the next 20 minutes talking about our backup solutions, which uh, you know, I mean, it's not part of my day-to-day -day work anymore, but you know what? I, I brought to her attention. I'm like, you're not backing up any of this stuff, and you probably should be. Um, you can get an external hard drive. You can use online backup. And to me, it was a very worthwhile call, and I took it to the next level. I don't know what I would have done for the extra, you know, 20, 30 minutes of time because she was on a Mac, and there was really no other problems that I could see. I mean, I don't use it every day. But there you guys go. I want to tell you that I was really happy that I followed my processes and uh, I'm following my procedures and I'm stopping the the feeling like I, you know, I've talked about in multiple shows. <laughs> you know, I don't like any more sad days. Let's put it that way. I, I left that in 2015. But, you know, if you stick to your guns, it does work and people will still hire you, you know. All right, gang, uh, this show is uh, not almost done, but uh, I, like I said, I didn't really have a topic this week. It just was kind of a, and I missed the getting it out on Saturday. Sorry about that. But um, this is uh, going to be just something to call a short show, and we'll have a longer one over the weekend. I'm just thinking because uh, it was kind of missed one over the, the weekend there. So anyway, gang, let's give a big thanks again to uh, App River for, for being the sponsor of the show. And this has been a Heyman Hendrickson production, audio supported by Mitch Heyman. Thanks to our sponsor, F. River, and Podbean for hosting. If you have a story you want to share, you want to be a guest, or you want to send me notes, tips, any feedback, whatever, you can email me, Lisa, at callthatgirl.biz. Check out my past show at callthatgirl.biz slash office365. And you can check out my ebooks at callthatgirl.biz slash publications. There you go, folks. See you next time. <laughs>